This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So, what's on our plate today? Today, we are sharing the story of cabbage. Okay, so we know by now that cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. But what's cabbage? The answer might surprise you. So the word cabbage derives from the French word caboche, C-A-B-O-C-H-E, which is a slang word for head. Cabbage is a leafy vegetable that has been in cultivation for thousands of years and is actually one of the oldest vegetables known to man. It is botanically classified as Brassica oleracea and is a member of the mustard family. All forms of cabbage have tender leaves that are covered in a waxy coating, which can give them a blue or gray hue. The plants grow best in mild to cool climates, as hot weather can actually impair growth and damage quality. They can actually tolerate frost and even freezing temperatures during certain periods of growth. Their thick leaves can retain water, allowing them to survive in colder places with less water. So when I keep saying cabbage, you most likely are picturing head cabbage, that round, green vegetable with compressed leaves that you see at your local grocery stores. But the cabbage plant is a master of disguise. Cabbage itself comes in many forms. The heads can be more compact or loose. Some are flat, while others are round or even cone-shaped. Some are green and some are red or purple. Most have smooth leaves, but savoy types have textured leaves. And the different forms can produce early, mid, or late season. But it doesn't stop there. Over the last few thousand years, this one plant was selectively bred to create wildly different forms, classified according to the plant part being consumed. Are you ready for them? There's wild cabbage, head cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, kale, and kohlrabi, all forms of the cabbage plant. But it would have been too long of a title, though, to list them out in the intro of this episode. Although they're all the same species, these crops are cultivars, a.k.a. cultivated varieties, bred to have desirable qualities for different purposes. Virtually all crops have different cultivars, but the cabbage family is especially diverse in both appearance and taste, as you can imagine based off of that list. Some people speculate that these incredibly different forms of cabbage came about because the wild plant grew over a broad geographic area to begin with. This would have offered farmers more genetic diversity when selectively breeding the plant. Wait, but what about the Chinese cabbages like bok choy? Those are actually forms of a related species in the same genus, but they are not the same plant. So how did we get from wild cabbage to all of these other forms, including cabbage as we know it? Well, like I said, over time, farmers selected and bred plants for different characteristics, such as larger buds or bigger leaves, until the different cultivars or subspecies were created— Hello, kale. Okay, although not all kale species are derived from this plant family, but we'll save that for another episode. So let's break it down historically, starting, of course, with wild cabbage. The wild plant, known as wild mustard, is a small, weedy, loose-leaf plant that is believed to have its origins in the eastern Mediterranean and Asia Minor, 
And yes, it still exists today. It prefers to grow on the coast, which earned it the nickname sea cabbage among the French. But it was the Celts of Central and Western Europe who played an important role in the distribution of cabbage and the popularization of it as a food crop. So much so that it appears they influenced the Latin name for the plant, brassica, a derivative of the Celtic word for cabbage, bresic, B-R-E-S-I-C. The Romans are often credited with introducing cabbage into Europe, but it is likely that the Celts could have spread it even earlier, around 600 BCE. They invaded areas of the Mediterranean, making their way into the British Isles sometime in the 4th century BCE, and even extending into Asia Minor around 278 BCE. The Romans made their way into northern Europe and Britain just before the Common Era. No matter the hands that brought it there, Europe is presumably the place where the domestication of cabbage, as we think of it, began. However, the first domesticated forms were non-heading. This includes kale, collard greens, and Chinese broccoli. To maximize the amount of food they could get from the plant, people in ancient Greece and Rome selected seeds of wild mustard plants that had bigger leaves, and after many generations of this selective breeding, sometime before 300 BCE, came the leafy version of wild mustard, much like kale or collard greens that we know today. Collard greens were developed in Europe, while Chinese broccoli, also called Chinese kale or gailan, was thought to have been domesticated, surprise surprise, in China. These non-heading forms are more tolerant of warm climates than the hard-heading cabbage types. The hard-heading cabbages were developed in the cooler areas of northern Europe, primarily by Celtic and Nordic peoples. So how did they get from early kale and collard greens to headed cabbage? They selected plants that produced larger terminal buds, a.k.a. the cluster of leaves at the top of the plant that are tightly wound around a short, wide stem. The goal of this selective breeding was to dramatically reduce the length of the stem a.k.a. the core of the cabbage head, and enlarge the size of the terminal bud. Voila! After many generations came plants with huge heads and tightly rolled leaves, what we now simply call cabbage. This round-headed form is the oldest of the hard-heading cabbage varieties. It was first described unmistakably in the 16th century, though it is thought that breeding was happening in the 13th century, if not earlier. The 17th century then saw egg-shaped and flat-headed varieties, and in the 18th century came those coneheads. Cabbage gained popularity as a cuisine throughout Europe, where it was easily cultivated, producing a large harvest in a short season. No surprise, it became a fan favorite among the rural folk. There are three distinct varieties of cabbage, white or green, red, and savoy. Red cabbage is red to purple in color, just on the outside layer of each leaf and stem. Underneath, they are the same white to green color as the standard white cabbage. All of the early varieties of red cabbage were round-headed, but today various shapes can be found. Savoy cabbage has a pale green head with textured leaves, more similar to kale. Most cabbage grown in the U.S. is the green or white type with smooth leaves. Red cabbage varieties are popular in northern Europe, while savoy varieties are popular in the warmer parts of Europe. Russell sprouts came out of the selection and breeding of plants with many smaller heads growing along the stem and they are thought to have come into play sometime around the 13th century. Kohlrabi was created by selecting and breeding early kale plants with larger, thicker stalks around the 15th century. Broccoli was created around the 16th century by selection and breeding of early kale plants with large flower clusters, which are harvested before they bloom. Cauliflower was then developed from broccoli with enlarged flowering structures. 
From Europe, the different cabbage cultivars spread to Asia and America. Portuguese traders are thought to have brought cabbage into India somewhere between the 14th and 17th centuries, while hard-heading cabbage didn't make its debut in Japan until the 18th century. Jacques Cartier introduced cabbage to North America on his third voyage in 1541 to 1542 when he planted it in Canada. It was probably planted by some of the early colonists in the U.S., seeing as it was popular among Europeans. However, there is no written record of it until 1669. But by the 18th century, Native Americans as well as the colonists were growing it. Oh, and remember a few weeks ago we learned how lemons helped defeat Napoleon by proving to be a cure for and a defense against scurvy? If not, go back and check out episodes 38 and 39 on lemons. But long story short, cabbage also became a necessity at sea because it too is high in vitamin C, the main defense against scurvy. Lemons and limes weren't always taken aboard ships as they were expensive, and if they spoiled, they risked contamination of other foods. It wasn't until Captain James Cook sailed in the 1760s that they discovered the potential of sauerkraut, a.k.a. fermented cabbage. It was reliable, affordable, and could be kept at room temperature for months at a time. Ship doctors aboard these ocean journeys, famously one of Captain Cook's voyages in 1769 when his sailors were injured in a storm even used sauerkraut to treat wounds and help prevent gangrene. Eventually, lime juice became a daily ration for British sailors, leading to the nickname Limeys for sailors, which endures to this day. I guess sauerkrauties wouldn't be the best nickname anyway. In addition to vitamin C, cabbage is also rich in manganese, iron, and vitamin B6. It's high in fiber, low in calories, and has almost no fat. So how else is it used? Well, back in ancient Rome, similar to the seafaring explorers of the 17th and 18th centuries, cabbage leaves were placed on wounds, and juice from the leaves was mixed with honey to soothe irritated eyes. Caesar's armies even carried cabbage not only to snack on, but also to wrap wounds and reduce infection. Modern studies actually show that cabbage has antibacterial properties that can reduce inflammation. They really were onto something even back then. And perhaps one of the favorite uses of cabbage in both ancient Rome and Egypt was to eat large amounts before a feast, a.k.a. a night of heavy drinking. Cabbage, if eaten in great quantities, was said to prevent a hangover. And if you didn't plan ahead, what was the Roman cure for a hangover? Eat more cabbage. Today, cabbage is eaten around the world, prepared in a variety of ways. Of course, it can be enjoyed raw, such as in a salad or atop fish tacos, but cabbage can also be steamed, pickled, stewed, sautéed, or braised. One of the more popular raw preparations is coleslaw, which may have originated with the Danish, as their word for cabbage is kool, K-O-O-L, and their word for salad is slaw, S-L-A. So coleslaw translates as cabbage salad and could have easily been interpreted into English as coleslaw. Two popular cooked preparations are both pickled variations. Sauerkraut is a favorite in Europe, and kimchi is popular in Korea. The Irish enjoy their traditional dish, kolkannon, made with mashed potatoes and kale or cabbage, while Hungarians love their stuffed cabbage. All across the globe, this humble little vegetable has made a home, in one form or another, in various cultures and cuisines. It's funny to think that, at first, hungry peasants in Europe were the main consumers, when few other crops were available, and the upper class rumored that it could cause the plague just like the tomato and pewter plate scandal that led to rumors of tomatoes being poisonous, the poor cabbage was unfairly looked down upon. 
Yet hungry Irish, Scandinavians, Germans, and French lived on this vegetable, almost exclusively at times. This maybe explains why, over the years, Germany and France were among the most productive of new cabbage varieties. And even today, many of the types grown in the U.S. originated in Germany. Today, China is the largest producer of cabbage, followed by India and Russia, which is the biggest consumer of cabbage. Oh, and the evolution of the cabbage species is still a thing, even in more recent times and not just ancient history. In 1993, a Japanese seed company bred a hybrid between broccoli and Chinese broccoli. We know it as broccolini. This unassuming plant's incredible transformations just go to show the power of human intervention. These changes via natural selection would have taken thousands of years at the very least. But with human hands making selection, those changes can occur in just a few hundred years. Kind of amazing and terrifying all at the same time. This also goes to show that we've been toying with the genetics of our food with artificial selection for way longer than we've been creating what are now known as genetically modified foods, or GMOs. Yes, there's a difference there. Artificial selection selects for traits that are already present in a species, like the bigger leaves of the wild mustard plant that were bred out to get kale, or the thicker stems of kale selected and bred for kohlrabi, whereas genetic engineering actually creates new traits not naturally present. It's a lot to digest, to say the very least, and our best bet is to keep seeking knowledge. Talk to your local farmers at the markets, ask questions about the food you eat, and of course, download the Specialty Produce app to keep exploring. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specialty Produce app on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and local market shares on the Specialty Produce app. Tune in next time for more food fables. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Next time.